0: This is Bunny Michael. When you approach your life from the consciousness of your higher self, the knowing how worthy you are, every aspect of your life begins to change. Your relationships, your career, your self-care, your body image, everything. Because this is the process of unlearning the conditioning of our culture that raised us to believe we have to prove ourselves to belong. True success starts with knowing how much you deserve. Following your higher self is an awakening process and it's no easy feat, but as you will hear from the callers on this podcast, our paths might look different, but our journey is the same. Welcome to Exo Higher Self. Hello and welcome to episode 85. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that you're feeling good. This morning after I did my meditation, I was writing in my journal and I reflected on something that I thought would be cool to share with you. I was thinking about how self-acceptance, you know, connecting to our higher self is really accepting all the parts of us right now. Exactly where we are in our journey, including our triggers and our wounds and our insecurities, and the things that we're working on changing. Self-acceptance is knowing that you are enough and you always have been. And that is the perception of your higher self. That is how your higher self sees you. And our work here is to connect to that true perception, right? And I was thinking about how our world has organized so many obstacles. We've created all of these units of measurement in order to prove our value. We're born into a system that says you have to have outside validation before you're enough. You have to accomplish this. You have to have that relationship. You have to have this amount of money or this career success. You know, there's so many different measurements we've created as a collective species. And we're born into this system and it seems like we have all of these hurdles to cross. We're constantly climbing, trying to jump over it, reaching just to be enough. And I had this visualization when I was journaling about standing on a flat surface and a hurdle being put in front of you. But rather than the hurdle being built on top of the level ground, there is actually a hole dug down in front of you. We are told by this system that we are not worthy, but we are. And we think that we have to climb to the top to reach the other side when all we really have to do is walk forward. Just stay on that level, exactly where we started, exactly who we are, who we've always been. And that's the spiritual journey, right? It's like we go on this journey and it takes us, where does it take us? Right back to ourself, right back to our truth. The hurdle is an illusion. That doesn't mean you don't have goals. That doesn't mean you don't grow. That doesn't mean you don't learn new skills. That doesn't mean you strive, but it has nothing to do with your worth. And there's a difference between the things that you do in this world and who you are. In your being, all you have to be is you. You just have to keep walking forward, knowing that you're enough. <sighs> yes. <laughs> I just thought I would share that visualization because I often think of the obstacles we build in front of us and really we're putting ourselves down right? We're not seeing our worth. Before we get to the questions, I just want to give a reminder that if you are sending in questions, and we do get a lot of questions, if you're somebody who is sending in a question to be answered on the podcast, I highly encourage you to sign up for our Patreon because we have bonus episodes that come out every other week on our patreon and i'm answering those questions every other week right it's the same exact length it's four questions every single bonus episode and so i would hate to think that you've sent in a question that got answered on a bonus app and you never got to hear the answer so i highly encourage you to sign up to the patreon or subscribe to the bonuses on the apple podcast app and and you also get to support us, which is so appreciated. You know, we are doing this podcast totally independently. We put in a lot of hours, we don't have ads, and we really need our community support. So if you can sign up, if you're able, any amount on the Patreon is highly appreciated.
1: Okay, my loves,
0: let's get to the questions.
1: Hi, Bonnie. Um, I really enjoy listening to your podcast. And I've, I've had something that has been really bothering me for a while, so um, I thought I would ask it. So I got out of a, a relationship um, in last summer and kind of been, you know, took my time, you know, started dating some people. But something I think I really struggled with is rejecting people um based off of maybe small things or, or just kind of like being quick to turn a person down. And I think that's just because I have a lot of anxiety when it comes to being intimate with a new person. Um even something like kissing someone if I'm not like drunk just for the first time. I don't know something about that first time, just really wrecks my nerves, um, the yeah, expectiveness, the uncontrolledness. I don't know what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, and what if I'm not good enough, and what if they don't like me. Um, so I kind of feel like I like, push people away before I can get to that point. Um, so it's just something I'm trying to understand. Um, if you have any advice for someone who pushes people away, and, and how to kind of feel that worthiness without the anxiety that goes behind it. Thank you so much.
0: Hi. Hi, babe. Well, you know what? I can't tell you how to not have anxiety about potential new relationships. Because relationships are scary. <laughs> Fears come up. When we're vulnerable, when we're in an unknown, when we have a loss of control. And those fears that are coming up are part of our genetic makeup. They're part of our physiological makeup because our brain is alerting us to a situation that is a potential danger. And our brain is just trying to protect us and keep us safe. So, Those thoughts come to the surface. Anxiety comes to the surface. It's not about trying to get rid of any fear or anxiety. It's about understanding that, yes, okay, I see this here. I understand I'm anxious. I understand I'm scared to text back. I understand I'm nervous about this date. I understand there is a potential for me to get hurt. But what I also understand is that no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay because I love myself. And I've learned a lot about relationships from my past experiences. I know and can trust what feels genuine to me and what doesn't. And I know that inside me, my higher self is guiding me. And I know that my higher self is bringing me to this situation because I'm ready for it. That doesn't mean that this relationship with this potential new person is going to end in marriage or lifelong commitment. But that's not the point. That's not the point of relationships. Relationships right? That's not up the point of dating. Dating isn't always about finding that one person. Dating is about having fun. Dating is about flirting. Dating is about experiencing different things so that we grow. We learn what we like and what we don't like. What I do think can help you in the moment when you're on a date or when you're, when you catch yourself making quick judgments about people that you don't know What really helps is to go into your higher self and that sense of compassion. Remember that that other person is a human being with their own set of fears and insecurities, who's just trying their best. And when we get into our sense of compassion in our heart space— We no longer project all of our fears on another person because we start to actually get curious about who they are as an individual, not who they are going to represent in our life, potentially, either heartbreak or love. Because what you're doing is actually objectifying that person. It's okay for you to not be interested in somebody, but I think our culture has a lot of, expansion to do when it comes to what it is we are attracted to. Because our first instinct is to look at all of this surface stuff or to judge somebody based on our past experiences. But all of that is projection. All of that is projection of a hierarchy of our conditioning or projection of the past. But if we Go to a situation with an open heart, not in the sense that, oh, I'm going to fall in love with this person, but that I choose to see the humanity in this person. They might not end up being somebody you want to date, but they could end up being somebody that you could potentially be a friend with or somebody you can actually enjoy having a coffee with. And it doesn't have to be a negative experience just because it didn't work out as your next lover, right? And that's how we have to approach all of the things that we're experiencing in life. That's really what it means to step into the perception of our higher self, is to see the humanity in people, is to recognize their own authentic beauty, is to value them because you value yourself and you have compassion for yourself. And you know, yes, I'm not perfect and nobody else is either. We're all just in a different place in our journey. So I... I think that might help you when those fears and anxieties come up to ask yourself, okay, how can I approach this from a perspective of compassion? How can I see the humanity in that person? Even if it's somebody I'm not interested in going on a date with, how can I say I'm not interested from a place of love? When you choose to live your life In total self-acceptance and acceptance of other people, it's a lot more enjoyable. So we do this work as a reminder of that truth. Everyone is worthy. Everybody matters. Everyone is important, including ourselves. So go out, have fun, meet new people. You deserve it. The following question is from an email. Hi, Bunny. Thanks so much for this podcast. It is always so incredibly grounding and nourishing for me, and I'm grateful to get to be a part of this space. I'm writing because I am feeling really confused about my relationship. What does it mean to be in love, and how do I know if something is right for me? I know I love my partner very deeply, and we've been together for almost five months, primarily long distance. It's my first adult romantic relationship. I started struggling with so much doubt about a month and a half ago when things started to get more real and we began being able to see each other in person more. At the same time, I'm currently coming to terms with my mental illnesses, neurodivergences, and gender and sexuality and realizing how much those impact all of my relationships. I feel so many messages coming my way, and I don't know how to distinguish my intuition from my mental illness or fear. For some reason, this relationship doesn't feel right, and yet, the only relationships that have ever felt right are the ones with a limited time frame, unofficial, and scary. Things that ultimately weren't good for me. Sometimes it feels like nothing ever feels right. I've communicated with my partner, and they are nothing but loving and supportive which almost makes this harder. I'm scared to be with them, I'm scared to lose them, and I'm scared of myself and my feelings. I'm also in a time of huge transition in my life, which only adds scariness. I really want my partner in my life, but I don't know in what way. I don't want to hurt them by either letting them go if it's the wrong choice or holding on too tight when it's not right. They are so good to me and such a wonderful light of a human being. Right now, we're taking some space from each other so I can stabilize a bit and hopefully figure out what I need. But I don't know what I need and I don't trust myself to know. It's like no matter what I do, it hurts. Any advice would be so appreciated. I feel really lost and sad and I miss them already. Hi, hon. Here's the deal. Relationships are scary, like I had talked about in the previous question. All of those fears are gonna come up. And whenever somebody calls in or writes in about whether or not they should stay in the relationship, the one thing that I ask is, can you work on your own healing, your own emotional journey within this relationship? Like, does this relationship support your path towards that? Or is it a distraction from that or get in the way of that or unsupportive of that? And from what you told me, You are in a time of transition. You're realizing aspects of yourself. You're realizing mental health diagnosis, trying to understand more about your sexuality and gender. You're growing. You're evolving. A lot of times people look at that stuff when they're going through those hard transitions as if something's wrong or they're struggling. But really, it's just painful growth. Growth isn't always pleasurable. (laughs) It isn't always an easy process. When we become more self-aware, it can be a painful experience. But whenever something is created new, take, for example, nature. You know, when a baby is born, that's incredibly painful (laughs) for the mom. Growth and creation and awakening to ourselves isn't easy. And I do think that this relationship, is teaching you a very valuable lesson. And that lesson is, what is it that you actually think you deserve? Do you really believe that you deserve a relationship where somebody accepts you just how you are, wants to support your journey as an individual, and wants to be there for you? Do you believe you deserve that? And that is... Not an easy thing to think about. I remember before I got married, I was like having a really hard time. And I felt like nobody prepared me for this. But the months before our wedding, it was like every fear, every wound, every insecurity was coming to the surface so quickly. And it was triggered by me being put into a position of really having to trust my partner, to trust that they love me. And I was scared to trust that. And then I had to just ask myself, but hold on, wait a minute. When am I going to be okay with it? (laughs) You know, like, am I going to go the rest of my life not trusting somebody's love Not believing that I deserve it just because in my past it was withheld at some point or somebody else treated me wrong. And that's what relationships do. They show us our walls. They show us to the places where we're closed. And they help us open. I think it's really beautiful that you've taken space so that you can have a little bit more understanding. I think it's super beautiful that your partner has been compassionate about that and agreed to that. I also hope that you are working with a counselor or therapist as you are navigating your own healing and adapting to a new understanding of what you're working with in terms of your mental health. And I know because of that mental health stuff, it can feel hard to know what is how you really feel versus what. Your illness is telling you. I've been there. I know that confusion, but what I'm going to tell you is that anytime you are actively telling yourself that you're lovable, you are aligned with the truth. Even people that don't have mental health diagnosis tell themselves things that aren't true are living in illusions. The only way that we can navigate this, is by distinguishing the difference between giving ourselves love and self-acceptance for who we are, exactly how we are, versus believing that we're lacking. That's when we know if we're aligned with our higher self or not. And from that place, aligned with our higher self, we make choices based on that truth. If I know I'm worthy of love, will I stay in this relationship or not? And that's the question that you have to ask your own higher self. And it's okay if you don't know for sure right now. Whenever I'm faced with a difficult decision, I pray to my higher self. I say, dear higher self, please guide me to the path of love. Please help me remember my worth. Guide my choices today, higher self. In or out of this relationship, you deserve love, support, and care. Don't forget that. Hey, Bunny. Hey, Kara. You know what's cool about this podcast? What? That we get to help people and bring them together. Yeah, it's really, really cool. But we need help too, don't we? (laughs) Yeah, we do. I mean, everybody does, right? For access to bonus content and to help support this podcast, Please become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com forward slash Self. We couldn't do this work without you. Our Patreon and our subscribers are keeping this podcast sustainable. So don't forget to show your love. Everybody needs help and support. Thanks, y'all. Hello, Exo Higher Self fam. It's Bunny here. I am so thrilled to announce my debut book, Hello Higher Self, An Outsider's Guide to Loving Yourself in a Tough World, is now available for pre-order. This book is the essential manual for unlearning your limiting beliefs that have been ingrained in you by the toxicity of our culture and your trauma and your socialization. We all have to unlearn this stuff so we can channel the power of our higher self, and everyone who pre-orders this book will receive a special free gift from me to be announced shortly, so hurry to the pre-order link in the show notes and get yourself a copy. I cannot wait for you to read it.
2: Good morning, Bunny. Thank you for all that you do. You've really helped me a lot. I'm um, calling about a question about my work life. Um, I used to be a yoga teacher, and I loved my job. got so much satisfaction from my students um, being more healthy and enjoying their lives more, and I went on to own, own a yoga studio. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to financially sustain the studio, and when I had to close it, it really broke my heart in so many ways, and um, my yoga community you know, was dispersed at that point in time. It was just a big, big heartbreak and loss. Um, I decided I wanted to make sure that with my next job, I would be able to continue to try to help people. And so I went to nursing school. And when I graduated, I moved to the East Coast, um, where I love to be. Um, And unfortunately, on the East Coast in New England, it wasn't really possible to get a nursing job that I wanted. I ended up working in long-term care, which was very difficult, very stressful, um, a lot of understaffing issues. And I saw a lot of um, issues in terms of the quality of care being very, very low for the residents. And um, it was a very difficult, challenging job. Um, I was finally kind of starting to feel like I was able to bring my best and do a good job at it. I had about seven months of nursing experience at that point, and that's when the pandemic started. Um, It was, as you can imagine, incredibly traumatic, Um, just a nightmare um, for about nine weeks. Um, It it was just horrible. Uh, The nursing home that I worked at uh, out of our About 64 residents, we lost 24 in nine weeks. Um, It was two years ago, but I'm still kind of processing that, and I'm processing uh, um, so much anger. So much anger from the experiences that I went through and from witnessing what the people I was trying to care for and their families went through at that time and feeling like um, witnessing so many people being... In my opinion, so selfish as to not even want to wear a mask to protect the vulnerable people in their communities. I'm just now starting to feel less anger and feel like I'm ready to move forward with my spiritual path again. Um, over this past year, I went into another specialty of nursing, um, but I'm about to move and not going to be able to continue in that. So I'm looking again for a different specialty in nursing and. The chronic understaffing, the incredible um, amount of work that you're expected to do as a nurse has been really daunting and difficult, especially since I'm always just trying to learn the basic skills and it feels like it's just always we're in a crisis. Um, I right now have just struggled so much with my decision to be a nurse at all and I feel like I would like to do something else, but I can't think of anything else that I'd want to do more and I have so much debt first from the studio closing and then from nursing school that I don't really feel like I have choices um I'm just trying to find a way to make peace with my career decisions and to try to find a job that um isn't horrible (laughs) um anyway I really appreciate you and I would appreciate any advice that you have thank you
0: Hi, sweetheart. Um, Thank you so much for sharing your experience. I can't imagine what that must have been like. I know for me, even just being at home, knowing things like that were going on, reading about it in the news was traumatic. So for you to have been there and witnessed every single day for the nine weeks, so much trauma and so much loss and so much pain, it's unbelievable. And, you know, it shouldn't have happened that way, which I'm sure you're aware of. A lot of times I think spiritual teachings or wellness teachings will say everything that happens is what's meant to happen but from my perspective and from what i try to teach on this podcast is that actually we have a choice in what we choose to create and what we choose to do in our lives and we can choose to create a system based on love or we can choose to base to create a system based on greed and oppression and That didn't happen because that's what the universe wants. That happened because humans being very misguided and not being told how worthy they are have created a healthcare system and a elder care system that is lacking resources, lacking funding, lacking compassion, and for you to be in a situation where not only are you witnessing very difficult things, but you're also not given the tools, the support, the aftercare that you need in order to function. It shouldn't have happened that way. And as far as the anger, that anger is so understandable. And I really hope that you're working with a therapist or a counselor right now to help you deal with that anger and that grief. And to remind you that the people who are making misguided choices, uncompassionate choices, are people who have lost where their true power comes from, right? It comes from compassion. It comes from love. It comes from generosity. It comes from empathy. Because when we're compassionate of others, we're compassionate towards ourselves. And when we're not compassionate of others— we feel the need to take, to hoard any inkling of power that we believe we have. One thing that came to mind when you were talking about what to do next was that you are somebody who wants to help people and you're somebody who needs help. And from my experience what I think the most empowering thing we can be of service is to fulfill a need that you personally understand. And you having your knowledge of yoga and I'm sure other trainings associated with yoga, which have to do with meditation and awareness and body-mind connection, these are all things that medical professionals, that other nurses can benefit from. And I'm just wondering if there was some way for you to help other people who are in your same position cope and heal. I don't know what that would look like. I don't know if that means forming some kind of a group, just to talk to one another, creating some kind of support system. I'm not really sure. It could be doing a yoga class. (laughs) Or even to openly talk about the trauma that you went through. The trauma of the pandemic. Because this is an issue that we haven't even begun to address collectively. And it is a collective trauma. So I don't know exactly what form. But there's something in me that's telling me you are going to be an integral part in helping us heal. Because through your own experience, through your own healing, you have become very wise. Now, obviously, whatever that looks like isn't a job that already exists. And the cool thing about living in this world is that we don't need for our jobs to be our highest purpose in life. Our jobs can support our passions. Our jobs can help sustain our highest purpose. Say, for example, if you're an artist and you're waiting tables so you can pay your rent and make your paintings. If you're a writer who also has nanny jobs so that you can pay your rent and keep writing your book. Start with what your heart is telling you to do and then just do it. And watch the evolution, watch you create your own space. One of the things that I did at the very beginning of this career, well, at the very beginning of me just sharing higher self memes on my Instagram, which I had no expectation, no plan, never a million years thought, Writing memes would eventually lead to a career that is self-sustainable that now I'm able to do full-time. But what I wrote on a piece of paper right in the beginning was I wrote, what do people need right now and how can I help? And that was what drove me every day to keep creating stuff and showing up for other people. And you already do that in your nursing, but there's something else that you have to offer. And it's the thing that merges in with your gift of being a yoga teacher, with that same skill set, with that same spiritual connection that you can hone in and share with others. I don't know what that looks like exactly, but I'm just saying I can feel it. So I hope that that is helpful i hope that sparks some creative idea or feeling or inspiration within you i know that you are such an important part and have already been such an important part of our collective healing and i know that's going to continue to evolve in absolutely beautiful ways and i am so inspired by you the following question is from an email. Hi Bunny, first of all, thank you for all you do. Your efforts mean the world. I'm reaching out because I'm about to return to my home state after 3 years to spend the summer living with my in-laws. The pandemic has happened, I've gotten engaged and married, I've had a baby, and I've since adopted two dogs. So much has changed, and I feel the weight of that and the expectations that can come from such a homecoming. I've been on medication for social anxiety and panic attacks since 2020, and as someone who was highly sociable before the pandemic and was known for throwing the best parties, attending all my friends' events and gatherings, and being a social butterfly, I am nervous about being thrown back into those same expectations when I, when I am not the same. I have been living in a small town where I know absolutely no one. I haven't had any social life since before the pandemic, aside from social media, a place where you can leave conversing at any time and control how people see you. During 2020, at the height of the pandemic, I lived in a remote island where you literally had to take a ferry to get off the island. I've been so far from people for so long and people are often a trigger for panic attacks for me. I know my husband is aware of this, and I can feel his nervousness for me. He's so excited to be going back to see his family and close friends. While I'm excited, I have more stress going into it than anything. In the state of Utah, which is a very theocratical state, It has a toxic culture and memories for me as an ex-Mormon who left the church in 2018 after being highly devout. I guess I'm just feeling a lot of anxiety mixed with genuine hope that it will be better than I expect, but my question is how do I not lose who I've become in going back to an old place? I like who I've become, but I'm afraid of being overstimulated and overwhelmed and shutting down as a result. Not to mention, I still have to be a mother, wife, and dog mom throughout and have those responsibilities on top of caring for myself. I've been doing yoga and doing a lot of spiritual work to prepare, but struggle to know how to carry a meditative state throughout the day past those few moments for myself. The switch can feel jarring when it's time to return to my life. You are truly a light in my life, and I'm beyond thankful for your podcast. Thank you for taking this time to read this. I'm a couple weeks out from going home and any advice would be so helpful. Hi, babe. Well, I'm really excited for you. And you know why I'm really excited for you? Is because you're going to be such an amazing influence (laughs) over all the people that you're returning to. Because you have been working on yourself. You have had deep spiritual time with yourself. You've been meditating. You've been healing. You've been accessing the resources that you need in terms of medication and therapy. You have a baby. You have dogs. I mean, you're doing amazing. Absolutely amazing. And no one, I mean, it might be very rare, I think, is going to expect you to be behaving the same way you were before all of this happened. A lot of people have changed, including the people that you left behind. And to make an assumption that they also haven't grown or evolved and are going to box you in or bring you down isn't really fair, right? That's making a lot of assumptions. That's making judgments when you're the one who doesn't want to be judged. Now, I understand when you have panic attacks, Going into social situations that give you anxiety are a cause for alarm. But I also know that you don't have to do any social things unless you feel comfortable. And you can work with your therapist on techniques to calm yourself down if you happen to be somewhere where you can't necessarily leave or... You're just feeling nervous on your way somewhere, some breathing exercises, some affirmations. And babe, like, I know we all want to be in that meditative state, in that connection to our higher self, in that love, bliss, in that higher state of consciousness all day long. Like, we all want to be there. But sometimes it doesn't work out like that. Sometimes we lose our awareness. Sometimes we get caught up in what somebody says. Sometimes we get reactive. Sometimes we get triggered because we are in the environment we were years ago or we're seeing people from our past. But all of that is okay. It's not gonna take away from your growth to be confronted with past stuff. In fact, triggers come in order to show us a different way of reacting. They show up in order for us to build the awareness to make a different choice. So what was the story you told yourself in the past about that person or that situation? They don't love me, I'm not enough. Whatever that story is, now you can be put back into that situation and say to yourself, "Well, actually I am enough. Actually, I love myself. Actually, I, I have so many blessings. Actually, I'm doing amazing. We get to rewrite our story. And that's the cool thing about returning home, right? We can see our progress and also have compassion for ourselves for where we were at in the past. We can look back at our younger selves and say, you're going to be okay. You're going to figure it out, love. I just finished reading Viola Davis's memoir, Finding Me. And if you haven't read it, I definitely recommend it. It's beautiful, inspiring, brutal. Her story is so amazing. And she's been through so many hardships in her life and managed to obviously become this super success in her field, which is amazing. The part that really got to me was her being able to love her past self. And that's like a common theme throughout the book is her learning that her healing isn't to deny that past self, but actually to love that past self, to accept that past self. And she has this amazing part in the book where she, and I, and this is a little bit of a spoiler, not in the plot, but just one of my favorite things she writes in the book, where she says, I can imagine, I'm paraphrasing here, but it was something like, I can imagine when I die and thanking God for my family and my blessings and my career and all the people in my life, I can imagine that I'm thanking God for that. And then God says back to me, but you never thanked me for making you, you. And I don't know, when I read that, I something in me just... It touched me in such a deep way. You know, we want to identify with our growth. And sometimes in that process, we shun the earlier self. But from the higher self perspective, you've always been enough. And you're going to continue to evolve. You're not done yet, (laughs) right? And so this situation you're in is More curriculum for your evolution, for your awakening. And guess what? You're ready. You're ready for that. You're ready to be thrown back into this thing and have your own autonomy and create your own boundaries that work for you. So I'm not worried about you. I don't think you should be worried about you. Remind yourself, you got this. You absolutely do. And whatever happens is okay. Any fears that come up, It's okay. Any triggers that happen, they're okay. You can handle it. Congratulations. I'm so happy for you and your family. Have an amazing time. Well, that sums up episode 85. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your energy. Thank you to everyone who sent in the questions and being so open and vulnerable and helping us all heal together. It's been such a wonderful episode. I really, really enjoyed um, working on this one. It just keeps getting better and better for me. That's kind of how I feel about it. Uh, Don't forget to support us on Patreon. Don't forget to be nice to yourself. Don't forget that you've always been enough. I love you so much and so does your higher self. I'll see y'all next time. Bye. Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari.